Hello everybody. This is a message to every human being alive, but the way the Lord spoke to me by way of example was a message that I'm going to call to archers, law enforcement, and hunters. It's about missing the mark. The targets, the concentric rings, the bullseye. Can you imagine hitting the bullseye every single time you point, aim, and shoot at it? That's always the goal, the aspiration, the intention, but it rarely happens. You're accustomed to using bows and arrows in practice and competition regularly. You're used to using your pistol at the range for target practice and sometimes even on the job. And looking through the scope while in the tree or in the woods with your rifle as often as you're able. How often do you hit the target ever or on the first shot or exactly where you're hoping for and aiming at? How many times have you hit the bullseye, hit your mark? Not as often as you'd like, I'm sure. Did you know that the Bible's New Testament Greek word for sin, which you can find in the concordance, number 266, the Greek word hamartia, actually means to miss the mark. When you hear the word sin, it means you've missed the mark. You've come up short. God has set a standard, which is the bullseye, and you've missed it, not only once, but time and time and time again. No wonder we can't get to heaven in our own, in our own efforts, on our own strength. All of us have. <laughs> All of us have. And that's what it means. If you know Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paul is expressing the fact in that verse that everyone, everybody, misses the mark of God's purity and his holiness and his righteousness and his perfection. We're missing the heavenly bullseye, so to speak. Not only does the Bible tell us we miss the mark continually in our daily lives through habitual sin, but Psalm 51 tells us we were born and even conceived in sin with the inability, the inability to hit the bullseye if we even care to try. You see, even if we live a perfect life, which is impossible for man to do, we would still have our sinful nature, which we were born with and came into the world with, to deal with. We would have cleaned up our act, perhaps, on the outside, continually hitting the concentric circles of the target, but the issue of our sinful nature, our imperfection, our evil hearts and ways, our, our evil course, would still be stained and blemished and spotted. We would still be incapable of hitting the bullseye. In Matthew 19, verses 16 through 26, 
Jesus was telling a rich young ruler what he had to do to inherit eternal life. And this was a response to the man's question of what he had to do to receive eternal life. So Jesus started mentioning the Ten Commandments, the law, the standard, the bullseye. And the young man replied to him, all, all these I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? First of all, he was deceived by his own heart because we're incapable of keeping the law perfectly and at all times. That's one reason Jesus tells us that the law is fulfilled in him because he's the only one capable of doing it and that's the only way we're going to get into heaven. So that's why Jesus is the only way to the Father. But secondly, even this young man knew in his heart that he still lacked something. Uh, he knew, in a sense, that though he thought he was hitting all the concentric circles of the target, he was still missing the mark. Jesus the Lord proceeded to tell his disciples, who were there witnessing all this and heard it all, he said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, being rich is not necessarily a bad thing, but if you go back and read the story, Jesus ended it, his conversation with the young man by saying, one thing you still lack, sell all your goods and give your money to the poor and then come follow me. And it says the young man went away sad. Why? Because he had a lot of possessions. So that's why Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person or someone with many possessions to enter the kingdom of God. Now the Bible tells us in verse 25, when the disciples heard this, again, they were there listening to all this, they were greatly astonished, the word says, and they said, who then can be saved? And whether they actually realized it or not, their question was at the very core, the very heart of the matter. See, being saved, as we call it sometimes, being born again for the purposes of salvation and the analogy of the target, can be likened to suddenly being able in God's eyes, and because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice for us on the cross, to hit the bullseye every single time, being a perfect archer or marksman the disciples were asking if we need to be able to hit the bullseye every single time in order to gain the prize of heaven and eternal life this is impossible we can relate to what you just told this rich young guy so they said who can achieve this who can do this and in verse 26 Jesus gives us the answer it says but Jesus looked at them and said with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. In other words, he was saying, you've got to hit the target, not just the concentric circles. You've got to hit the bullseye, the mark, the standard that God sets of perfection. And you've got to do it every single time. And they're like, well, okay, nobody can do this. And so Jesus said, you're right. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. If I honestly were one of those disciples, or you were at this point, I would be saying, okay, 
you've got my attention, if only my curiosity, explain what you mean. I'm listening, but I don't understand. Now, before we get any further, there's also an interesting conversation, a parallel to this, in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, between the Lord Jesus and a man who was a Jewish teacher of the law, someone who was supposed to know the law and be teaching it to others. Okay, so he was supposed to supposedly, a religious leader, teacher of the law, he was supposed to know how to hit the mark. (laughs) And he was supposed to be teaching others how to hit the mark. But instead, he was part of a group who actually, though they didn't realize it, were spending all their time teaching about hitting the concentric circles of the target rather than than hitting the target. Because, I mean, you can't tell somebody what you don't know. And so if you don't know how to hit the target, and you can't do it, then you can't possibly teach it to others either. With God, this is possible. With man, this is impossible. So really what they were doing, like I just said, was they didn't realize it, but what they were telling people was not not how to hit the mark, but how to hit only the concentric circles around the mark, and that's not going to cut it. We just saw where Jesus was basically telling the young man and the disciples the same thing, that they are men, and all they're capable of is hitting the circles, but the only way they can get into heaven is to hit the bullseye and hit it continually 100% of the time. And that's why they responded, who can do this? And why the Lord, again, answered, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So he's telling them, before he tells them the details, he's saying, you got it right, you can't do this. That's why you need God, and I'm God. That's why you need me. Okay. So in John 3, 1 through 6, we read this passage. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the man we were just talking about a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, key phrase, unless one is born again, he cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him in response, How can a man be born when he's old? See, he was essentially asking, How is this possible? So he says, Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Essentially echoing the disciples' question when they said, How can this be? This is impossible. And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, meaning you can only hit the concentric circles. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit, which is the bullseye. So how can the concentric circles be the same thing as the bullseye. They're not. 
Jesus is telling Nicodemus the same thing he told his disciples. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Now, I'll give them some credit. At least these guys had their minds thinking about heavenly things and eternal matters, the bullseye, so to speak. And they'd stop thinking about earthly and temporal matters, the concentric circles of life, in a sense. In Matthew 5, 17, Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Now, what did he mean? And what was he saying? In layman's terms, and in the vernacular of our lesson, he's telling them, and us, don't think that I'm here to make it easier for you to hit the mark, or to relax the rules, or to do away with the target and the bullseye altogether. I came to hit the bullseye for you. I'm not going to take my perfect standard and lower it just because you can't reach it. I'm God. <laughs> I'm not doing that. But at the same time, I'm not going to relax the need for you to reach perfection and dwell with me because I'm perfect and I'm not going to let imperfect things dwell with me. So what are we going to do here? Jesus said, I'm not relaxing the rules. I'm not getting rid of the mark of the bullseye altogether. I came to hit the bullseye in your place because you can't do it. He's saying, you have to hit the mark 100% of the time. This is impossible for you. Move aside and let me do it for you. He continues, I and God are one and the same. I told you that. With God, all things are possible. Since I'm he, nothing is impossible for me. Will you admit you can't do this? Will you put away your pride, insisting that you can? Will you humble yourself, step aside, give me your bow and arrow, allow me to do it, trust that I can, and that I am the only one that can? I am the master archer, and you will only be my students. Do you want the prize? of heaven and eternal life? Only I can attain that for you. Will you stop rejecting this truth? Will you stop relying on your own futile efforts? Will you stop pretending that you've written or rewritten the rule book? You don't need to lose. I can win it for you. But you can't have the glory for yourself because you didn't do it. The glory belongs to me. But even then, it's just the truth. It's just a fact. You can try all you want. You can keep aiming. You can keep shooting. You can keep looking through the scope. But you will only hit the concentric circles at best. And even if you fool yourself, and even if you succeed in fooling others, the judge and the scorekeeper of the competition has been watching it all and seeing it all. Now, when you go before him expecting to receive your trophy or your prize money, he's going to show you the target and how often you have missed the mark. Sadly, 
because you've rejected the truth in favor of what you wanted to believe and you didn't step aside and allow me to hit the mark for you, the evidence of a clean and unpunctured bullseye, meaning you never hit it, along with the myriad of hours and tears and punctures in the circles are going to disqualify you. There's only one competition and you failed it. Instead of accepting the realization that I won the prize and the competition for you and allowing me to invite you to the celebration after, you realized you relied on your own skill and talent and marksmanship and you failed. You've come up short. The invitation is automatically rescinded. You'll be told to leave and forever be in the massive company of those who are just like you. Instead of gladness and joy, there will only be regret and internal and external torment and anguish and gritting your teeth and sobbing and forever. This didn't have to be your fate. I didn't want it to be your fate. The registration for the competition, the real one, is still open today. What will you do? Holy Spirit, give us clear ears to hear and a willingness to listen closely and intentionally and with humility to receive and not reject this truth and the strength and the courage and the desire to heed it, to act upon it, to do what's necessary. Amen.